Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Positivity Podcast. In today's episode, I'm with Natasha Singh. She is a passion and clarity coach that helps people to unlock their passion and gain clarity in what they're doing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it. Positivity, 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 tune in. Hey Natasha, how are you? Hey, what's up? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, good, good. Yeah, I'm great. Cheers, I'm great. Great, and uh, the voice is fine, right? I mean, there's no disturbance. You can hear me out properly. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you absolutely fine. Can you hear me okay? Uh, yes, yes, perfect. Oh, great. So, how how's um, how's things been for you whilst um, all this has been going on? Uh, Self isolation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty well, I would say, to be very honest. I mean, it's been uh, working out pretty well for me. Uh, I am, I'm working, I can work from my home and I'm getting paid while working from home. And I'm also getting to do things that I've always wanted to, like things like podcast and everything. So yeah. in, uh, I, for me, I would personally say that I know it's a crisis time right now, but to be very honest, it's been like sort of blessing for me because suddenly I'm got so much of time for myself and there's so many things that I'm trying to do right now that I can't be actually more grateful for this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, completely, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I think it's, it's difficult for, you know, everybody. And, you know, I think if you're in the field of coaching and you've got an online base almost, you, you know, kind of works in your favor in some way because you can kind of work from home and focus on the things you need to do. But yeah, I, I've been basically kind of focusing on my podcast. I've had more time to do that and um, work on my website and um, a few other things really. And I've just kind of enrolled on doing an NLP course. So you are also a life coach, if I'm not wrong, right? 
Yes, I I um qualified um last December. Oh, but I've been. I I qualified last August. <laughs> oh, I, nice. I last August, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been doing it for a couple of years, um, because okay. I, I actually enrolled on my course with a, uh, com- a company in London called Animas. Okay. And um, it, it lasted for around six months, and you do um, a module per month. Okay. Okay. But so yeah, how, um, how's sorry? the experience been as a life coach? How has been the experience like? Changed. What changed? changed. Like how? Long? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's definitely changed me in some way, in a good way. Um, okay. I think you know you're you you connect with a deeper part of yourself, and you're able to connect to other people on a deeper level through. Yes. Um, for understanding yes. how it works. Yes, absolutely. But okay, I because you're also a life coach and I would love to ask you this question. May I? Yeah, of course. Okay. So I know that, you know, now we have become certified coaches and of course, I mean, we know the whole process and we also have a bit of understanding about how uh, how anyone's brain functions, right? And I mean, what are what be the possible rules and causes behind whatever they are thinking? But do you still get a little irritated or I would say irritated. I mean, it might be like a wrong choice of word, but maybe that, you know, um, you're looking at someone and they're just not understanding the thing or uh, you might have tried to put in a word and they're still not trying to or still, I mean, does, does these, do these things still affect you or still make you go irritated how how do you handle that because i know as a life coach of course we guys are equipped with that to take hmm. care of but i also believe that that change even as a life coach it doesn't happen overnight right i mean it's a constant work that you even we have to do it on ourselves every day so hmm. how do you deal with that you mean like with the other person if you're working with them you mean yes yes if you're working with the other person exactly yeah it's uh it's something I struggled with when I was doing my training, I think, mm. because mm. you ultimately want to try and tell them and guide them the yes. way that you fit, but you, you can't. Mm. And you've got, like, your own kind of feelings and emotions start to surface as you're working with them. But right. I, I, I struggled with that to begin with. Um, mm. And it's almost like you've got to just bite your tongue with whatever you feel when you're coaching someone and just be kind of um, de- not detached but you you can't influence that client through your emotions or thoughts that makes sense right right, right. I think uh, you said it pretty rightly that uh, I do understand that one has to be detached uh, in terms of whatever your client circumstances but I think one also has to be detached from your own perspective on client situation and mm. sometimes it's like you can see it clearly you can see through it and you I think some sometimes you know somewhere we also coach it from uh, from that perspective because we are able to see through but they are not able to understand you put it very right that detachment just not from the client but also from our perspective of their situation which I guess even sometimes we get carried away that so, yeah I, no, I, I agree. And like when I did 
practice sessions with people when I did my course, yeah. you find yourself sometimes, um, is it like leading questions, asking certain questions right. that kind of be an influence by the way that you're thinking? Right. So you kind of, you can make suggestions like, um, that's what I found myself doing. I would make suggestions and be like, oh, why don't you do this? And then... Mm. There's a difference between uh, mentoring and coaching. That's what right, right. was a big thing that we uh, was told. Right. Because as a coach, you're providing the client the space and they're kind of working through it. You're just listening and asking questions, whereas mentoring is more like, oh, why don't you do this? You're kind of suggesting more. True, true, true. Absolutely true. You're right. Yeah. So, and how do you figure out if you did a good job as a coach? Because uh, I, I think as a coach, uh, even if I'm asking someone questions, and if someone is having, uh, like they're having dual thoughts on whether they should do something or they should not do something, and the more mm. I ask questions, the more get away from actually not doing it. Uh, and at the end of it, you feel like, did I do the right thing or did I do the wrong thing? So as in how, how do you judge your own self? How do you judge your own performance in a situation like that? Sorry, but I, it's yeah. just, you know, you're a life coach as well. So I thought let's just get connected yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think I would always kind of ask feedback okay. on, on a session, really. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've, I've done one, but when I, when I did them with clients and when I was practicing and working and helping people, um, okay. I would... When I when I was training, I would I would ask for feedback straight away. Hmm. But um, it's it's easy because we want like an instant result almost. We want to know how we did, but it's not about us. You know, it's more about more or less about the client. So I I would give it a bit of time and then ask for feedback. Like, how did you think that went? Do you feel any different? Right. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a complex, um, you know, it's a very deep thing to take on board and, and board and learn because you then go into your your own emotions and, you know, your own stuff starts to surface. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. I'm, I'm... I thought I was too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. For me, I mean... Makes sense. What, whatever you what say. What would what? Yeah. What would you say? Um, if it has been a challenge for you as a coach. As in, how would I judge myself? Hmm. Uh, I think uh, if someone is confused, and by the end of the conversation, if they have made up their mind, even if they do not want to do it, I think I did a good job because. Uh, hmm. They came up to me with a confusion and by the end of the conversation, they were clear enough about the whole thing that they do not want to do it. And that was exactly the whole uh, agenda is that they should get that clarity uh, by you know the way that we ask questions and they keep coming up with their own answers. I think then it's a good job done that, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the purpose is not always to make them do things. The purpose is that they figure out for themselves whether they even if it's right for them or not. So, yes, I think hmm. good job done. If By the end of it, they have much more clarity. And, and it's 
clarity in terms of that you know i feel like this no i mean they have their proper reasoning behind it uh hmm. they can list out their own reasons that you know i don't want to do it but these are the reasons that i do not want to do it and it's making sense to them as well uh, i think yes i mean then, then it's a good job done yeah and of course i yeah. ask for feedback like you said yeah and yeah and it's like some things work for different people like yeah. you know like diagrams and um charts mm. and different things work for different people like sometimes you know i find an effective way is asking them on like a scale of 1 to 10 yes um yeah. uh, strongly they feel about something or how much of an impact it's having right but sometimes you know people can do that and they can almost hide their the the issue at hand and put that as at least um least important like a number 10 if mm. one was most important right. and they can sometimes disguise it you know which is which is interesting and it it's quite magical to see people shift you know um sometimes people want to shift straight away yeah some people you know sometimes it takes a few sessions yes yes i get it what you're saying you're right yeah so how do you But, work so i mean uh, do you have like a week long or is it i mean do you advise people as per session or you already have like a 5 week or a 7 week or a 10 week program in place and you tell them that i mean this is what i mean this is how we're going to figure you out yeah Mm. Well, I'm I'm just in the process now of setting up my own kind of you know practice and website. Okay. Since all this has been happening, I've I've been working in like um, hospitality and retail okay. as full time, and then I did this on the side. Yeah. Whereas now I'm just in the process of you know setting up full time. Um, but usually, I I would book in clients. and have a consultation mm. and and um do like weekly sessions but like you said I've been thinking of probably doing like you know like like different packages or you know if people can block in certain sessions right but it's just something I'm just in the process of kind of redoing my website really okay but okay that's kind of something I probably will look at right Okay so basically for you it's like uh, to each to their own i mean for some certain people it might be pretty early and for some people they might take some time right yeah of course yeah i mean i think a lot of people don't really know much about coaching oh yes do you also get a lot of questions like that that also oh, that sounds interesting but what does a life coach do i mean Yeah. I I've heard it so many times that people get very intrigued I and mean, they're interested to get spiked when they hear this term called life coach because they've been hearing yeah. about it but they do not know much about it in detail so mm. the question they ask is that oh, but what exactly does it entail so I think you and I are pretty exciting professions to be honest Yeah and it's it's a profession that you can go in all different areas with and I think you know you learn so much about yourself you learn so much about other people so true um and it's kind of an area where there's no completion almost mm. you can just keep on going in all these different areas right right and the best part is that, yeah sorry say no it's fine no 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 you were saying something please 
I was say, like a lot of people say to me, you need to find a niche. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've been doing it for a couple of years and I've really found the niche. I don't think I, I kind of know there's a certain areas that I can work in, but right. you know, like, like goal setting, oh. health and fitness, uh, nutrition, confidence. Okay. But would you say you have a set niche or do you think it's important to have a niche as a coach? I, uh, okay, so um, the reason why, so my niche is I call myself a passion clarity coach, uh, that I help mm. people figure out what exactly they're passionate about in their life. Uh, but I chose that as my niche because uh, that has been very close to my heart. I mean, if I tell you my story for about a decade, like for 10 years, I've literally been in really fancy professions. I mean, literally, I think positions and professions that people would literally kill to work for. Uh, but I was not very happy. I have mm-hmm. been jumping uh, through the jobs. So I know how it feels when you are not at the right place, a place where you actually feel that, you know, you feel that you've reached home and this is your destination. That feeling has literally uh, escaped me for 10 years. So that mm-hmm. was my pain point. And um, after, especially even, not, uh, even while I was, continuing my coaching practice I came across so many students and I came across so many these early career enthusiasts you know people who are still at a very nascent stage and I've had Mm. conversations with them and uh, this is one thing that I've actually found very like this is a consistent pattern that I've found with everyone that they join something because it sounds exciting or they join something check is really good uh, but it's not what they really want to do. And when you ask them what they exactly want, some of them don't, don't even know that what they want. And I could feel that mm. I resonate with it because I've been in those shoes and I exactly know how how badly it hurts you every day to get up because you're going to you go work for something that you have no interest in and you don't even know that what exactly you want out of life. That state mm. of business can really be very overwhelming. That's mm. I think send a lot of people in anxiety or in stress. So that's the reason I thought that if this can literally work wonders for me, that after doing this whole, I was coached. So if that can work wonders for me, that I figured out that what exactly is my calling that now today, I feel I have a reason to get up every day and I have a, Mm. I have set for my own self. I take out dedicated time every day to work transform myself because I want to really work for my calling and mm. it's really amazing I mean uh, I think to actually be working for what you really like you don't even feel like you're working so and I, mm. I want more and more people in the world to actually just imagine actually a world where everyone is pursuing what they really want just imagine such it would be such an amazing place to stay in so Mm. that's how I chose my niche so mm. said, I think uh, to me it came pretty early but yes I've had friends I've had co-coaches who are still figuring it out and I would say it's mm. better to take that time because uh, the more you come across people and the more you actually have conversations and the more you coach people that is actually a better way to get clarity for even yourself that you know this is what or this is where I connect more. This is what I really want to work with. This is what I want to present. So, yes, mm. I think uh, even if it 
takes time to figure out the niche i think but still I, it's still good it's still good yeah as long as you put mm-hmm. yeah no i completely i completely agree with what you said it makes sense really doesn't it like you've just kind of got to kind of gain that experience and just kind of trial it out really by i suppose finding out what area suits you best through getting a feel for it right 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 need to actually engage with a lot of lot uh, different sort of situations and lot different type of people it out mm. that you might not even like having conversations with certain category and that is fine i mean as life coaches i don't think so that we also need to be entertaining to everyone even we because uh, i'm sure that even you know that it should even resonate and it should vibe with us as well so it can be a possibility that you might not even enjoy or it it doesn't even give you a kick while you're having a conversation with someone or with regard to a particular topic so i think mm. when at least if you know what you don't want to work on it becomes easier to figure out that what you want to work on mm mm from my experience yes yeah no it is it is, it is fascinating and um it's so interesting yeah. you know understanding how people work and how we think and there's so much to it you know like to being a person yeah and like what you said if people could like um do what they love and if everybody got up and was passionate about what they did then things would be completely completely different exactly um but like I think with coaching this there's no kind of set age or anybody from all backgrounds oh, life kind of get into it don't they right right that I've actually you can literally uh, jump under this bandwagon any time and you can actually you there is no age bar there is no uh, gender bar there's there's no bar you can be a life coach at any point of time and I think that's the greatest thing yeah That's what I think that's one thing that I kind of had to work through like when I did my course I think I was like one of the youngest on the course. Okay. And um I was kind of like thinking like you know am I in the right place to do this? Am I too young to do this? Yeah. Cuz I've had job interviews and uh they 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 people have said oh you you do life coaching you're a bit young to be a life coach. Okay. But uh, you know it doesn't really matter does it when you when you think of it it's I I mean I totally get your question because uh, I think uh, there's a very big misconception uh, and that, mm. that people think that if you a I think a lot of people get confused between coaching and counseling mm. and, uh, b that they think that if you are someone because I think most of them think that you know you will be giving them advices so the first thing when they come to us we really have to sit with them and literally have to concepts which are like whole lot different wherein you have mm-hmm. to explain that you know we do not give advices we just ask questions that is what our job entails right mm-hmm. uh, i think because of the common and misconception that there is around it that uh, you are supposed to give advices and if you are supposed to give advices then i'm sure i mean you should be experienced and uh, experienced enough comes only with age so i think that is how it all gets connected but hmm. i think uh, if you are someone who can ask the right questions and for that there is no age it's just that how well you can how deeper you can dig hmm. how how much more you can scratch the right parts of their brain it's all about hmm. 
and i feel that even as a new coach even if you are new to the industry and you do not know what are the right questions i think just keep on asking questions and you will reach there mm. always a loop you know it is always a loop you start from somewhere and even while they're answering it you can literally figure out that but he said this so why why isn't he doing this and then another mm. question so but he seems to be something like this and then comes another question so it's all in the loop i would say i mean mm. for new coaches just start asking it and you'll figure your way out mm. you have to start somewhere right yeah yes. and you just kind of build on your experience don't you i, I agree absolutely yeah Did you ever look at um footage of Carl Rogers when you was doing your training or have you ever looked at Carl Rogers um at all? Rogers mm. No no I won't be knowing much about mm. I, I think I'm pretty sure Carl Rogers um he he it all all of coaching all kind of he's the foundation of coaching basically what it is Okay He was a therapist um, in America. Okay. This journal. Don't remember the exact date. This journal, sixties, seventies. Okay. And um, oh, he was definitely love to meet him about him. I've not heard much of him. Yeah, he. This is where all kind of coaching originated from. And if you look at his uh, video footage, yeah, it's basically uh, coaching. And he instead of calling. Um, the person who was coaching he called them clients rather than um medical term okay but he's he's very good to watch because he was like the very kind of early early coaching so basically he's is is it something like that he's one of the founders of this whole concept called coaching yeah pretty much okay then we'll be all built yeah Yeah, he does. He's very like person-centered, which kind of coaching is. Okay. And I always thought that it was actually Tony Robbins who uh, who started this whole thing. I can be. Yeah, he's right. He's kind of and uh, Ram Hicks and all. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like like the more modern. Okay. Kind of coaching, like. Okay. I would definitely love to read up about him because I I I am aware about Bram Hicks and. Uh, um you know uh, your brian tracy and anthony robbins but mm. of um, this gentleman so i would definitely read up about him since now you've yeah. sounds sounds amazing yeah yeah i'll send you some of the uh, links to some of his videos sure sure cuz he he had one where he had this lady who was having problems in her relationship okay and it had been going years and years right uh, he ended up like shifting her kind of paradigm and a mindset within I think like mm. 10 minutes. Mm. And you you see it, you see her all the energy shift. Okay. Did you ever did you do your training? Did you um like what what kind of got you into it to begin with? What kind of got you into it? Sorry, I didn't get you. What kind of? So what kind of got you into coaching? Was it like you just Did you had enough of like normal jobs and work and just found your thing. Uh so as I said that you know I I was yeah. jumping through my jobs very mm. honest and uh, 
I was not very clear what exactly I want to do. In fact, sharing uh, like on the same lines, I always thought that you know I should be a travel journalist. Like I have literally grown up watching Globe Checker. I don't know if you have watched that series. Uh, I'm mm. literally that has been the biggest influence in my childhood, where I've seen all these uh, hosts traveling to these exotic places and. And I was like, that is so cool. I mean, you get to travel on companies' expenses, and then you also get paid for it, and you get to see all these places. This mm. is the best job one could have, right? So I always mm-hmm. thought that, and I'm sure that most of the people would connect with me right now. That uh, I think when you're watching a travel um, series like that, and if you like, even if you like uh, traveling even a bit, I think you already start assuming a lot about yourself. I mean, I think you start. overrating yourself that i think you know the way i feel and connect with places and i think the way i can present places i don't think anyone else can and trust me i was in that mm. phase of mindset where i thought that i i'm totally going to nail it if i ever get an opportunity so mm. right after my post grad i was literally applying everywhere and uh, there's this uh, travel tv channel in india and that's an indian travel tv channel so i was like mm. let me at least uh, apply let me at least uh give a shot at it so not as a travel anchor but i thought that even if i get inside the company maybe then i can see how exactly the whole industry works and that would give me a lot better clarity if i'm interested or not trust me hmm. into the company i was sure that i do not want to do this i mean you know what we see is such a fancy part of it and what all goes into it i mean that just i was like no i don't think so i, I don't think i can uh go with an with in my hand i don't think that i would want someone to tell me that you know this is what the shoot timing is so you have to be ready by this and you have to do this i'm someone who likes my space i want i'm someone who would be very random so that actually told a lot of things uh i mean that cleared a lot of things about my own self that this is not how i would want my profession to be like so uh, mm. that of course was then out of the list that i I want to be travel anchor. Then I was mm. working with a social media app, and apparently the company got down. And that was the point where I sat with myself, and I was like, Natasha, you really need to figure out your shit because it's been a decade. That see, even though you're progressing in terms of the salary paycheck, but when you see the graph, that where exactly are you? And you feel that I haven't progressed much. That shit hurts a lot. Then you were like. I literally mm. haven't grown as such. I mean, I'm still at the same place where I was ten years ago. It's just that you know my salary has got better. Maybe I work with better brands. And point of time, I was, I was like, let me take my own good time. Let me not, uh, you know, rush into another job. Let me figure out what exactly I want. And I've been talking mm-hmm. about life coach like pretty on and off. Uh, and it. always interested me that what exactly it is again like the same people who come to us not knowing that what life coaching is but it sounds interesting to them on the same lines i was but I never knew that there are courses like there are proper courses where you can which you can do and become a life coach so when hmm. i figured that out you can say it was literally uh, you know the universe lined up things for me you can literally say that because one day i was just on my instagram and browsing the feed and suddenly this ad pops up where they say that do you want to be a life coach and i'm like are there are there hmm. really courses and i went for the preview 
of it. And for the first time in mm. my life, Adam, for the very first time in my life, mm. no matter whatever occupations I've had before, I felt emotional about a profession. And that has never happened with me. Mm. And, I, and in that mm. very moment, I was clear. And for someone like me who had confusion for 10 long years at what exactly I want to do, in that one moment when everything became clear to me that this is exactly, I mean, there's no, there are not even second thoughts about it. This is exactly what I want to do. I mean, hmm. then there's no point wasting time. I just went for the course. I applied for it. And yeah, that's, and now, ever since then, now I've been a life coach and I'm really enjoying my journey. Absolutely. No, it's really nice. And it's really, you know, inspiring, you know, to hear that you, you know, you went on that journey to like different jobs and work. Oh yes, oh yes. Life, isn't it? And you know, into the unknown, really, because it is quite scary starting something, though, especially you know something like this. Sorry, I didn't get the last line. What you said? I said it is. Um, it's quite you know, like motivating and inspiring. Yeah. You know, to to hear like you went on this journey. Yeah through working and trying things, you know, which didn't work yes. out, you know, like taking a leap of faith almost into something, you know, into the unknown. Uh, I, that's, I mean, that's so true because I thought that if I don't take that leap of faith right now, then I would again rush into a job and again waste three, four years there and then would be back to the same points thinking that, you know, what exactly do I want to do? So I thought, it's better that I experiment right now rather than regretting it after three, four years. And I was really sick and tired of the whole consistent cycle that I was stuck in. And I wanted to break that. And I think, uh, mm. yeah, I was like, even if that means that if that I'm not supposed to work for some time because the course really requires your energy and attention. Thing that mm. you can literally do one weekend because it requires it requires you to sit with your own self. It's a it is a very reflective self-reflecting course. It's, you have to figure out things about your own self. So I was ready to do that. I think uh, when that's something for which you're willing to literally uh, say, if I may say so, that you're willing to burn room to ground. Yeah, I mean, go. That's mm. that's the that's your window and that's your chance. Don't miss out on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree, and I think if if something truly resonates with you, then you've got to follow it, haven't you? If something clicks, and like you said, when you start yeah. having certain emotions about something and certain passions, yes. Yes. it does kind of like fall into place. Yeah. And I think that was the same for me when I did coaching. Like I I tried loads of different. Um, jobs okay. and I I've worked in restaurants quite okay. a lot and I, I like working with people you know I'm a very I'm an extrovert um, you know I'm energized you can people right. and I've just like I've, I've kind of tuned into that and I was like you know this is kind of something that I like to do right. you know with people mm-hmm. and then I tried different jobs and then I I was going to join the military okay. I was I was training to like join the oh, army. Wow. Um, I applied for the Marines, but I failed the um, the psychometric okay. test. Okay. So then I tried the uh, the military, uh, and I um, I was going to join the police in the military because okay. a lot of police officers I spoke to because I was going to join the uh, police said to me, "Oh, 
join the army, join you know, be a policeman in the okay. army. Um, well, I was pursuing and joining the military, and then I was at food selection where you do fitness and you have all your medical tests. Okay. So it just kind of, um, kind of something clicked to me, and it kind of was like, this isn't for you. Like, mm. I love all the camaraderie and, you know, fitness and working as a team. I enjoyed all that. I enjoyed growing, you know, mentally and physically. But... Okay. Yeah, I couldn't put myself on the line and be shot mm-hmm. at. And I, I then kind of went back into restaurants and then I, I went to university okay. and uh, I did criminology for a, a, a couple of months. So that's kind of like, you know, a psychology of... Criminal, criminal. psychology, basically. Yeah, and um, I got, you know, I got went to university uh. and I was like, I was in the wrong course. It didn't feel uh. right. So, so then I had to come back. I came back home, left, dropped out of university. Yeah. And then um, kind of got into coaching, really. Okay. So it is it is quite, I think it is a, a journey in some way to find yourself doing life coaching, isn't it? You have to kind of go on this this journey of finding your thing. So, so tell me, so basically it was criminal uh, criminology, criminal psychology that actually opened doors for you uh, to like right if i mean if i that's right yeah yeah i've i've always had like an interest in people and then i've always kind of been interested in criminals Mm -hmm. and stuff in some way um do you you think that 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 can be your niche why not actually coach the criminals (laughs) yeah Um, i mean i'm sure that a lot of them actually go into rehab and i'm sure that you know we have heard stories and we have also uh I'm not mm. talking about all, but they really want to reform. So, your thoughts mm. on that? Yeah, well, I have a lot of empathy, and sometimes I've, I've found myself in certain situations where I've attracted, you know, certain kinds of people right. who would say have done things, or like, I remember I was on a coach once, and there's this guy just started talking to me and he had tattoos on his face and he, you know, he had a hoodie and he, he looked like, you know, um, certain stereotype of a kind of person. He just kind of started talking to me and felt really comfortable with me. And, um, and I, and that's something I've picked up on. I just, certain kinds of people feel comfortable talking to me. So, I mean, you never know that could, could be a, an area working. Hmm. You know, I lived. I lived in, in uh, Nottingham, which is quite a, a rough city for nineteen years. Okay. So I can, I can relate to people who you know live in, the, you know, city and people who've been through certain things. I kind of, you know, I I play football with a lot of people who yeah, are a bit dodgy in some hmm. way. I never got involved in that side of things, but. You know, I knew a lot of people who were like that. But, you know, people like that shouldn't be judged. They shouldn't be stereotyped because, you know, behind all that, you know, there's a reason why they're in that circumstance. Right. You know, they're they're a person at the end of the the Mm. day. And they've just been kind of mistreated by the Mm. system. 
think if you're if you're not if you're non-judgment if this is as coach as well if you're non-judgmental yeah. that's how you have to be isn't yes, it yes yes absolutely that's why i asked you right at the start that how how do you sometimes detach yourself from your perspective of the situation because you can still mm. stand apart from the client but uh, i think sometimes you and i think as coaches because i won't say that we are able to see things clearly because that would be literally overrating ourselves and that would be i mean even our judgment can be wrong absolutely uh and i truly believe that someone who is in those shoes and who's going through that and who's been experiencing that of course that person knows better and feels better but uh hmm. yeah i think uh, one i mean this is one thing that even i am working actually i'm working uh, on myself on this uh because i feel that you know as a coach this has to be one of my qualities that uh stand apart i mean just be very neutral so don't get involved even in the situation and don't start assuming things or don't conclude things from your end and don't even have any perception about it just is your mm. or maybe our job is that keep asking them questions in a way that it directs them to that particular a destination and it's that it's their mm. destination i mean you don't need to uh decide it for them yeah i think this mm. is what even i've been working on on myself yeah yeah we we don't have all the answers and i think like we have to give ourselves that the benefit of that doubt right. that we're not i think people think our oh, life coaches we you know we have all the answers like we don't we we um we kind of it's still a work in progress like we're still working on ourselves right. and you know you were going to make we're going to make mistakes mm. we're going to reflect back on things and wonder if we could have done it better mm. that's that's what why I was told when I did yeah. my course and um I think that's why they said like supervision is helpful because you can kind of discuss your sessions with someone yes. else and reflect yeah. on it like i i i find the coaching sessions are like the client brick comes to you with a ball of string right. and this ball of string is like all tangled together and you provide them that base by ask you know and you ask certain questions which they they do the work themselves they untangle that right. string you're just providing and facilitating them that space but like you like you said you got to stay with the client and you can't get cuz when i was doing it the training i was thinking mm. ahead um, what question can i say yeah. next so my attention was going from what the client was saying to my own thoughts and i was not 100% focused on the client cuz i was worried about how effective my next question right, would be right right yeah Yeah I think all of us uh, as coaches do through that problem where and you know uh, I think that pressure sometimes also get to us when we constantly think about that I have to ask all the right questions and all the good questions mm. right I think even when you are uh, listening to whatever they are telling you or discussing their problem uh, even while listening to it you you definitely dissecting it for your own self so that you can come up with the right questions but also I think this is constantly playing in your mind that it, I'm going to ask this but I hope and I'm literally hoping that this is a good question and this is going to lead the other person to the next phase where he he or she can understand the thing better. Yeah. Mm. It is fascinating because you can ask certain questions 
I yeah. found. And then that client could then speak for, could, could talk for 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. Like, sometimes, it's, there's a good book that I've got, and um, it's about, I think it's called And the Next Question okay. is, or something like that. And it's a, it's a book, and it's full of um, coaching questions oh, to nice. ask. I would definitely get I'll, my hands um, on I'll, this. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it at home and I'll, I'll have to send okay. you a link which is quite I found it's quite useful you don't have to use the questions you can kind of do your uh, own thing if you know what I mean but questions. I'm sure that gives you a, a quite wider range to choose and it, I'm sure that it also opens a lot of uh, you know a lot of avenues for mm. you that okay this is also how I can ask this yeah, mm, mm. yeah. and it's it's difficult you know to ask I don't I think there's a quote it's like you know the only kind of Wrong question is like a question not not asked or something like that. There's no such thing okay. as like a, a yeah. wrong question. It's just it, it's it's hard to differentiate open and closed and leading questions and to get your yeah. head around which one's yeah. which. Yeah, true. So, if, yeah. Sorry, oh. you were saying something. No, no, that's fine. No, continue. So when you say that, um, you know, that is, so basically the crux of it is that there's no wrong question. That's what you say, mm. right? Okay. So, but sometimes I think the way I see the wrong question, yes, I believe that there's no wrong question, but uh, sometimes it might distract from the main, you know, wherever the person is actually heading in his or her um uh, path of thought that might distract them, that mm. might take them a little longer. Mm. But I think, yeah, that also comes with experience. I mean, the more you meet people, the more you converse with people, the more you understand the human psychology and how it all works. I think it bet- the better it becomes. But yeah, to to a degree, even I agree that there's no wrong question. There's never a wrong question. Yeah. Mm. It's just how you kind of think, phrase them, isn't it? How you structure them. Like you see Tony Robbins and some of the questions yes. he asks. And he's like, he goes in there like an yeah. arrow, like an yeah. arrowhead. And he just to the I point. Think, uh, yeah. And it's like, how? Okay. I think one of the th- thing with Tony Robbins is also that because his energy is always so high. and He's so fast. Like literally he's so fast and so high in energy that... Uh, even if he has asked you a simple question, but your window is so short because he, you have to literally match up his energy and you have to match up his pace of questions. Even if he's asked a simple or very ordinary question, you would not feel that because like you said, there's even a way to project that, right? To communicate Mm -hmm. the same thing. So uh, that's also one of the things that the way you ask, the way you communicate it to the other person. Yeah. Hmm. No, completely. I do. I do like Tony Robbins, and uh, there's another guy. There's another guy called Gary V. Gary, oh him? my god, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm such a fan of Gary V. Trust me. Yeah, yeah he's he's oh, really yeah, good. He's, he's. I mean, he, I find him and Tony Robbins almost on the same wavelength at times. He's he's very you know mm. power packed and you know hardly punched and. He's, he's like, he's, he's not someone who's going to bullshit. Like he says everything as it is. And that's what I really like about him. He's not going to glorify the language. He's not going to 
uh, romanticize the whole topic. He's he's just going to call you out on your shit. <laughs> and that's what I really like about him. And I think that's what as part of this industry, I think it, it becomes very important that you literally call it as it is rather than, you know, beautifying it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree and I think like you've got to be raw and you've got to be authentic, haven't you? And you can't really pretend because I think this is the thing with this kind of in- industry, like a lot of people are out there and this is what I don't mm. like of it. You see these YouTube videos sometimes and there's this person like, oh, look at my office. This is yeah. my office. How can you, I can get your income to this income and my income yeah. from this. And and it's just very, I don't know, same, seems very orchestrated mm. and fake. Like, and, you know, a lot of people shouldn't be in this for just for the money. It's not really because you're working with people's hearts and minds and emotions. And it's not, yes, you can make a lot of money in this field, but it shouldn't be the main reason why people get into it or do it. And I think that's what some people kind of do. And um, you've got to have empathy. You've got to be able to relate to people. And when I I did my training, like um, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people don't know what empathy is, but... um, I, I found because of a lot of people on my course mm-hmm. I did, some of them came from these corporate right. positions. And in these corporate positions, you've got to be quite ruthless and you, you, you kind of yeah. can't, a lot of people aren't, aren't empathic in certain corporations. And I right. think that's half the problem why, you know, people have spoken yeah. a certain way because their boss yeah. has no empathy and doesn't know how to relate to their employees' right. emotions. I think you actually uh, uh, put across a really interesting point. Uh, so I think, you know, this is a very popular opinion that uh, if you are in this industry, uh, the first thing that you should be feeling rather than making money, because, I mean, yes, I mean, it's it's if you're really good at what you do, then, of course, the country, uh, the, com- uh, the this industry works really well. Mm. That's for sure. But I think the first thing where you should be functioning from is that you really, it really matters to you to make an impact. And that's true. But mm. I'm saying even if you want to make a lot of money out of it, uh, the first thing that people get trapped in is uh, that the moment you get certified, you want to get clients, you want to get hold of a lot of clients and you st- you really want to start earning. And what the first is that uh, mm. you haven't basically had your uh, practical training if I may say so right and you mm-hmm. really have to be very good at what you do so even money is your mm. agenda but the first step and the first point that you should be thinking about is that how can I really get better at it so far you theoretical knowledge mm. you might have your volunteers to actually practice it on you might have your guinea pigs but you don't have that hands-on experience with literally coaching real people and coming across the real life situations. So forget even money for a while and forget even making an impact for a while. The first place and the first step that you should be thinking about is that, you know, I really need to dig more deeper. I really need to look and create such opportunities for my own self. I can get hands-on experience because after that, whatever your purpose is that mm. even if you want to make money but if you have become already good at it money will absolutely follow there is no i mean i can't rule out that possibility of course money will follow if you're really good at it but as soon as mm. you graduate uh, with it don't just start chasing money 
that's the only point that i want to make yes mm. yeah no it's it's right what you said and i agree with it completely and um i remember someone on my course said that a lot of coaches as soon as they yeah. qualify um they set up their website they invest loads of money into their promoting their business they put loads of money into like business cards yeah. and they were saying that you don't have to do that straight to where you do yeah. that in your own time and that's where i think some people slip up as well they invest all this money into it straight away and you know they might not hit the ground running yeah. you know you just don't know um I did a Zoom call the other day with people from my course. We had a catch-up, you know, we hadn't spoken right. in a couple of years. And, you know, a lot of us are still, you know, kind of not a square one, so to speak, but do you know what I mean? Haven't really right. kind of taken off. And this is like hmm. two years later. But people had made, you know, hmm. like a living from it. Um, but it's interesting to see other people's uh, stories and where they're at because we can't assume can we that as soon as you qualify right. that's it you know it, it will takes time and I think that kind of goes without anything doesn't it because I, I it's like what you said in terms of coaching yeah. and experience it's when you um, when you pass your driving test you you, yeah. you learn to pass yeah. your test yeah. learning to drive you actually kind of learn to drive when when you've actually passed, yeah, if that yeah. makes sense. I get it. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I think, you see, again, like you said, that a lot of people uh, created website for their own self. I, I have uh, I've had friends who are co-coaches who uh, became authors because uh, that's, the, that's also one of the popular notions that, you know, become a published author and that, and which is good. I mean, I think uh, if that gives you credibility, definitely you should do it. But I think those are steps mm. still, I mean, you can still take that time. Book book is not going anywhere. Mm. I mean, you eventually will, I'm sure. And in fact, the more time you spend in the industry and the more cases you come across, the more you get, get hands, the better book you'll be able to write, right? So all these things might give you mm. that... Uh, breakthrough uh, credibility or that might give you a platform where you st start being getting recognized as someone who who's credible and you know who knows their shit mm. but is is it enough mm. to actually make you stay because at the end of it it all comes down to that how what kind of knowledge you hold about the subject and what kind of uh, how deep are you willing to go you know that. And I, I think that applies in every field. That's mm. just not about coaching. The more you uh, are willing to go, dig deeper and go with it and actually try to be one with it, I mean, then the mm. world is your stage. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly it. It's like being a being a master of your craft, isn't yeah. it? And it's kind of like keep on keep on yeah. like improving, isn't it? Like keep on working on it like it's kind of like a muscle in some way right. isn't it because I think people people said to me when I was doing my training they said like you know try and be consistent with it try and yeah. do it as much as you can 
because I, I noticed if I did a session and I didn't do a okay. session for a couple of weeks, it's kind of like getting, it's almost like getting back, back in yeah. the gym. If you don't go yeah. for a while, it's kind of. You have to keep your practice on. That's so right. I mean, w- the example that you gave right now, that if you actually are away from the gym for a long time and then you again hit it back. Yeah, it's exactly like that. You really have to keep your practice on through what way you can find. I mean, mm. I, I would suggest even as a newbie, if you're not getting the clients, but you really need to practice, find people coach for free, do mm. things, do whatever there is in your capacity, because at the end of it, Right now, you might think that why I should do it for free, but the more experience you'll get, the better you'll be able to quote for yourself. So it's a matter of time, just mm-hmm. a matter of time and how much willingness you have to actually uh, go to lengths for it. Yeah. Mm. No, that's exactly it. And like, if, you, if you're, I think if you're doing something for free, like if you, if you love it, then you'll and do you it for it. Free. Exactly. You know, like true, true, true. absolutely. How how would you say um, kind of like you've coped through what's hap- throughout what's happening at the minute, like like mentally and emotionally, like physically, and stuff like isolation. What what kind of yeah? Like how how would you kind of what advice would you give to like say anyone listening who? They're struggling with like the mental health for the minute. Uh, see, like, there are three um, things that I want to talk about. Uh, one is that, and before I talk about those three things, there are two very similar notions going mm. around. One is that you know you have you've only got all this time and hustle as much as you can, and the other one is that you know take your time off. I mean, it's not it's it's not a competition that you're in right now that you really have to prove a point and perform, right? So with regard to these two things, I would address both of them separately. Uh, first, if you have been someone already, even before this whole uh, epidemic started, that uh, you you were already hustling even before this whole thing started. You, it's actually time to slow down a hmm. bit and to actually relax and fig- figure and focus on those things that you're putting on stake for such a long time because as it is, you've been grinding ever since, right? So my, this time is actually mm. for you to not actually hustle, but actually spend time with your family or do things that you've been wanting to, like literally focus on your hobbies right now. Uh, you are someone who mm. has always had these things in mind that, that, you know, I really want to start this, but my work or my time doesn't allow me. Then definitely this is all the time for you. I mean, this is the only time that you can initiate yourself in the process. And this is the only time where you can build all those things as a part of your habit and lifestyle. Because absolutely, this time is gold right now. And once it's gone, then it's not going to come back. So for those people, they should definitely Mm. start hustling. And then there are certain people, which I completely agree, because self-isolation can be very overwhelming at this time. So especially if you're staying Mm. alone, definitely. So for you, I mean, buddy, if you, if sustaining and survival is the biggest accomplishment that you are achieving every day, then forget actually hustling Um, because Mm. for you right now, the main motive is that, you know, keep yourself alive, right? Hang, if you are just Mm. trying to hang in there for one more day and to survive this, I mean, kudos to you, then don't put yourself even that pressure of actually uh, getting bogged down that, I'm not hustling because what you're trying to do is far bigger. You are actually trying to survive, 
right? Still feeling very mm-hmm. overwhelmed by all this uh, self-isolation thing, I would say. Look out for someone who is also getting overwhelmed and actually reach out to them and be more kind to them. In the sense, you are showing kindness to the other one mm. who is more who's more in need. You actually distract yourself from your own problem. And at least in those moments, you feel better. And the whole right now is that, you know, mentally mm. you should feel better and you should be feeling emotionally calm. So whatever works for you, I would say if you are in a problem, but if you can actually go out and help someone who is in a problem, do that because that is what is going to keep you going. That's what's going to make you feel good about the whole thing and make you actually survive this whole uh, self-isolation. That's depends on that. Mm. Mm. That's really a good way of putting it. And I, I I didn't think about you just kind of made me think really like what you said about people who were grinding it out before this, you know, it's time for them to kind of, kind of slow down and reconnect with family and work on other things. Cause you know, like people burn out, don't they? And I think like how society's been running, it's been, you know, going so fast and we've had so much, going on around us and you know we've people have been working yeah. all these hours in the day and you know realize how how little time True. they have to themselves and i think you know we, we we need to think differently we need to work differently and um it doesn't just have an impact on us i think it has an impact yeah. on like you know the planet and i think it's a big wake-up call in some way I really enjoyed Mm. my conversation with you. It was quite actually an exchange of insights and, you know, the whole coaching journey that we both shared. I mean, it was pretty interesting. Great time actually talking Mm. to you. No, you too. You too. It's been, it's been really good. And I I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for actually having me on the podcast. No, no, you're very welcome. You're welcome anytime. We'll have Great. To do I would again love to. Sometime. I would love to be. Yeah. yeah, sure. But um, no, it's been a pleasure. You and too. Have, Thank have you a so nice much. evening. Take care. Take care. You're welcome. Take care. Hi, I would just like to say a massive thank you for tuning into this podcast and I'm really, really grateful to be on this path and journey with you all. If you would ever like to provide feedback, you can do so by going on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review or you can send me an email at thepositivitypodcast.gmail.com. All feedback is much appreciated. If you would like to donate anything at all, I have a Patreon account where you can donate a small amount and you get exclusive content from the podcast. Or I also have a PayPal if you would like to donate anything as well. Just a small gesture. And all donations all go towards the podcast and making it a better experience for you all. Now, I hope you have a great day and stay tuned for more episodes.